Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and uh, welcome to the Clary Podcast. We are again in the RV and it is Sunday, even though I'm not going to publish this until Monday, uh, because that's how the day, the, that's how the uh, the dominoes fell, the... Uh, the the way the the cable was laid, the way the bras were unhinged, uh, I I woke up this morning at eight thirty, and I don't ever wake up at eight thirty. And for whatever weird freakish reason, I was fully rested, only got seven hours of sleep, but I felt like a million bucks. Went out, got my shower, had uh, coffee with the old people, and. Uh, Basically, I've waiting found my buddy. We're at the RV party. He's like, hey, I'm going to do some laundry. And here, let me show you how efficient and economic I am, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have enough clothes to do a full load of laundry. Because, um, again, the trick is to pack as much underwear and socks and undershirts as possible. And then maybe a pair or two of jeans. And I say, well, I got maybe half a load. You know, I got another. So we're going to save, like, you know, 43 cents combining our loads of laundry together, and then we got to suss it out. Although he's got his girl with him, so she'll probably mix it. She'll get a girly, girly stuff in, then we get girl germs all over our laundry. There probably will be a bra in there. Wait, you don't wash bras. I don't think you... How do you wash bras? Don't I think about that. That's that's another world of the women, isn't it? Now, I don't know how you wash bras. Do you what You have to wash bras. See, right now, every girl's laughing, or all three that listen to the show, they're like, oh, foolish cap. But right now, I'm not joking. That Right now, every guy's saying, yeah, how the hell do you wash bras? The only relationship men have ever had with bras is trying to unhinge them to get to the goodies and the presents that lay underneath. But now that I'm thinking about it, because the girlfriend just, just hangs those up. You can't wash them because they got wires. And then there's the padding. Do- Wait, do- I don't even know if I've ever seen a bra in the washer. Now I'm trying. So what? Do you dry clean them? I bet. See now, all the girls are laughing their asses at all those boys. They don't know how to wash a bra. Yeah, you know how to wash a jock strap? Oh, very, very specialized techniques. Very secretive male techniques. That you don't get to know until until your your dad shows you when you hit you. Hey, son, it's time to teach you how to wash a jockstrap. For eons past, we have we have passed down the knowledge and the wisdom of the great jockstrap washing. Do not tell. The first thing about washing jockstraps is you don't talk about washing jockstraps. All right. Anyway, I. <clears throat> It is the Clary Podcast. We're going to be doing laundry. My mind is why I did want to get to this. Very important. I'm not kidding. This is that important because rarely are there very good things. This, the, the, if the, you know, Trump getting elected, not because I was even a Trump fan, but to watch the entire left spurg out. That that is the best. They end up watch Hillary lose. It's sadly, it's it's a it has nothing to do with Trump. It's just a, but good things like that rarely happen. And uh, 
John Wick 2 is one of those things. Holy shit. Was that a good movie? Uh, and I did want to... I'm going to even... Go, I'm going to post this up on, on YouTube um, in advance because I want as many people to see it as possible. Guys, this is a great movie. Now, if you've seen the first John Wick, you know it stars the magical uh, uh, Chrysler Charger that can drive off platforms and roofs and, and, and drop 50 feet uh, and keep riding and driving. So that was impossible. And then at the end, John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, you'll, you'll have to get over that. Um, he, he's kicking the shit out of all these badass dudes. Roundhouse kicking chick cop show style, except it's John Wick. You know, like he's supposed to be that badass. And he's laying waste, physically fighting six foot eight Russian mafioso type guys. And my biggest problem, aside for, for the indestructible charger, uh, is in the final scene, and I'm not ruining anything. The final scene, he, he gets to the, the main boss, and the main boss is this you know, 65, almost 70-year-old Russian mafia, Don. And he's wiped out all of his henchmen. The guy ain't got no protection. And for some reason, John Wick becomes the biggest pussy and can't kick this guy's ass. He should just be able to like, like crack him right in the throat and then let him die. He should be able to just break his neck. But but no, in the movie, this the, the like most epic fight occurs. This old fart man is actually kicking the shit out of John Wick. And so when John Wick 2 came out, I'm just like, oh what? Is it gonna have another magical and magically indestructible Dodge Charger? Is it gonna fly off rooftops? Is this gonna be a little bit of Fast and Furious? Where uh, cars are flying out of buildings and magically drive downstairs? Is this going to be uh, 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 a geriatric kicking a Gen Xer's ass? You know, after he just laid waste to an entire Spetsnaz team or, or Navy SEALs with a toothpick? So thankfully, no, that didn't happen. Right? So I was, I was a little reluctant to go see it. I was like, okay, do I want to go see it? And, and, and it was one of those things where I was so bored. My buddy says, hey, you want to go see John Wick? I'm like, yeah, what the hell? And very glad I did because they got rid of it. Now, not to give you any spoilers, not going to ruin anything here. You can figure it out. It's just gun porn. That's all it is. It's a great movie. There is an element of an indestructible Mustang. He gets a classical Mustang in the intro scene. And it was painful. There's two things that was painful. One, to watch the girl cut her wrist the long way. I can't, I can't stand surgery or blood like that. I can understand people getting shot. I can see explosions. But I cannot see a surgical cutting like that it was just that that was disturbing uh but was even worse is very first scene he goes back john wick he goes back to get his classical mustang muscle car i don't know if it was a mach one or it was like a, a bullet steve mcqueen type of mustang car i'm like oh that's very nice that's very nice and then it proceeds to just go into a crash bang derby they destroy this car now i don't know if they actually took a real mustang i hope to god they didn't because it was just this beautiful work of American art and, and history. It's just it's just perfect. It's this beautiful Mustang. So I hope they did some digital rendering to make it look like the Mustang was getting the crap kicked out of it. But in the end, this Mustang, is, it, it's hit like five or six direct hits. And the engine still starts up and he still manages to drive it home. The other thing is John Wick gets hit about three or four times by a car on his side, but he still gets up. He's still kicking and fighting. Like, the guy just can't break any bones. He's like uh, Wolverine with the adamantium uh, skeleton inside of him. 
And so apparently John Wick's bones don't break. But you 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 look past those two things. Oh. <laughs> One of the few movies that improves upon the original. Let me tell you why. It's great action. But what I really love is there's a Hitman, the video game, if you're not aware. There's a Hitman type of organization. It's, uh, he belongs to this, uh, I wouldn't say criminal, but certainly underground organization. And they put contracts and hit out on people. It's just basically an organization, a, 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 an entity of assassins. And these assassins sometimes go ahead and they, and they have to fight each other. But there are rules, right? You, if you're on company ground, you cannot fight each other, all right? So it's like a safe haven. And there's one guy, kind of like a Don, he's in charge of all of it. And he's very fair, and he has all the power. And he's like, you know, uh, you, you, you guys are on ground. You cannot fight here. So what ends up happening is there's this professionalism between... The people that try to kill each other, where and, and, and only I, I won't ruin anything either with this movie. Only they don't abuse it. It's not like they all run to the safe house to avoid getting killed. The bad guy in this one does, but uh, through different paths through lives, two guys trying to kill each other, two assassins end up sitting at the same bar having a drink, and they just and they know the rules. They can't kill each other, even though they're impassioned. This isn't even necessarily professional sometimes it's personal but you have the rules with the organization and that just throws a great i wouldn't say spin but angle just a great uh not subplot what am i looking for it it, it just adds a lot to the movie regardless that subplot or flavor or spice when combined with some amazing action which you kind of have to, you know, not not really believe that Reeves can do it. Uh, it it overcomes any shortcomings this movie might have, and then oh, and then they they have a roundhouse kicking chick cop show. They have this girl. She, oh, she's an assassin. And she's deaf. She does sign language, and it's this wave. It's this kid, you know, you're just like, okay. And then all the, all the women have tattoos. There's an element of millennial dipshittery going on there. So, um, and John Wick, he's, he's running into some tough dudes. You know, he's fighting, he's going. And it, he almost has a, like, John McClane and Die Hard. Like, n- it never lets up. He's constantly fighting in this movie. It never has time to recoup or relax. So he gets to this waif of a girl. And instead of a lengthy two, three minute fight, it's like 15 seconds. And the way he kills her is by simply overpowering her. Oh, she knows all of her ninja moves. Oh, look out. Here comes the roundhouse kicking chick cop girl. Here, oh wow, she's got a knife. And he just basically grabs her, throws her up against the wall. There's a little bit of fight counter fight, a little bit of judo where you're using the strength of one person. But in the end, he just basically gets her knife. He punches her. She tries to block with the hand. The hand goes through her. The knife goes through her hand, and he just takes it and rams it right into her chest. That's it. Sorry, ladies. Yeah, yeah. You go become Holly Holm. All right. You go ahead and do that. But in the end, John Wick is gonna kick your ass. You're no freaking Russian mafioso type of guy. But uh, anyway, I don't want to ruin the the plot. Uh, I I certainly have whetted your appetite with it. It really is that organization. Um, 
how they they weave that into this horrendously violent and and um, like revenge and passionate and they put a hit out for John Wayne. I mean, they weave it so perfectly into this story that you know there's going to be another movie coming and you're hoping that God that it's that it's like, you know, going to be as good as the second. If they keep the trend up where like the first one was meh, the second one was really good. I can't I don't know if they're going to be able to top the second. But if hey, if the third one comes out the way they set it up, whoo, yeah, I will definitely go see John Wick. John Wick, let me put it this way. John Wick is going to be the second one, John Wick 2, is going to be the second movie that I will probably see in the movie theaters twice or more than once because the girlfriend, I I was telling her about it last night because she flew back to the cities and left me here in poor, warm Las Vegas. Um, She's like, oh, well, would you want to go see it again? I'm like, hell yes. Hell yes, I'll go see it again. I think I saw Guardians of the Galaxy three times in the movie theaters. This one is a definite two. two. I mean, and that's, that's as highly ranked as you can get. I mean, most movies are crap. I don't even bother going to see them. This was a pleasant surprise. But not only is it a pleasant surprise, this is one that you have to go see in the movie theater again. So, so it is that good. Uh, what else? Oh, I had notes here somewhere. They go. Is it on the phone? It is on the phone. Oh, news! Holy crap, have we got some news! Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? Uh, we're not going to particularly read an article because there's plenty you can read for, read about um, in the news, all of which just just is a testament to what a worthless group of people, and I'm not saying this because I hate them. I'm not saying because I disagree with them. I'm saying it because it's descriptive of them, these worthless journalism majors, especially the modern-day variety, people who go into journalism when it's painfully obvious the industry does not pay you could go ahead and be a citizen journalist with any type of online media now. That's the new thing. The old mainstream media is out. It's, it's obsolete. It's not outdated. It's obsolete. Dan Rather, Sam Donaldson, Dan, uh, 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 who was the other guy? Peter Jennings, all the, that's done. None of you are going to become that now. So there's no, and you don't need to go to school for that. Especially since the slop that some 23-year-old blogger could come up with is no better in terms of journalistic integrity and the quality of journalism than what was being thrown by the mainstream media. It doesn't matter. You, you might as well just go, fire up your laptop, start blogging, and, and become a citizen journalist because you're going to be better than, than, than any professional, quote, journalist major. And so the articles that are being written are, are just... They're they're spun. They're they're standardized. They push. They're just a mouthpiece, just a mouthpiece. So there's no reason to read it. And that's about the dear white people on Netflix. All the articles just fawn. Or not necessarily fawn. They they know <laughs> that if you look at YouTube dislike ratio, it's it's very hated. It's even more hated than when we rise, uh, Act One or Video One or whatever it was when that came out. People got sick of that. People are sick of this. Of all races, all all genders, I think I, I might add, uh, only about ten percent of the the people like this dear white people uh, trailer. And then if you read through all the articles, it'd be at the New York Times or what was it? Not OK Cupid. 
any, and it's just like, they try to be, they try to be nuanced about it. And then you think, well, maybe, maybe it's tongue in cheek. Maybe there's a, maybe this isn't just a hate, no, it's hate whitey. It's just a hate whitey, white guilt. Uh, and, and I mean, we're, and we're done. And, and, and so here's, here's my point. I know, I know everyone's up in arms. I know everybody. Oh, did you downvote it? Ooh, there's some armchair slacktivism for you, white people. Is because here's what this is going to be my complaint. You know, for those of you who are smart, no cap, you know this is where I'm going. Netflix and Academia and Starbucks and Apple and 84 Lumber and all these corporate and Target, they all know you white people are pussies. And it's maybe not even that that, that you're, you have no self-respect and that the majority of you are pussies. And maybe a, a disproportionate percentage of you have been brainwashed to be that way. Maybe they know that, but they also know that you're lazy. And this is what probably the I don't know the biggest criticism I have about Republicans in general is that they're dumb. But when it comes to conservatives in general, this this transcends white. This is this is are you. Are you a Republican? Are you a conservative? Are you a libertarian? All right, this is this is a criticism for all of you guys out there. And the, and this is even my friends, my god, it's my friends. Staying with my buddy over in Phoenix, the family. This family is conservative. They're not libertarian, they're conservative, they're Republicans. Very well to do in Scottsdale. They got Starbucks mugs up the yin-yang. They have Starbucks coffee. They all have apples. And and then I don't want to be the lecturing type. You know, you don't want to be that guy or that gal. You know, they kill African rhinos over that, that company does. You know, that company uses slave labor. You don't want to be that that purist, that crusaderist, that worthless. Why do I see middle-aged woman in my mind with the stereotype that comes in and nitpicks and nags you about your purchasing decision? I don't want to be that guy. I merely mentioned in passing to my buddy. I'm like, hey, look. I, I know you got bigger things on your mind right now, but you have to think about the future of your children as well. And I don't know if you heard about Starbucks, but that guy donated to Hillary Clinton. And and not only is that against your political and larger life philosophy and ideology, but unlike me, pal, you got skin in this game. You got two little kids who are going to have to grow up. Now, do you want them to grow up in social? I know this sounds crazy. I know. I know. Well, how does changing my purchasing actions and behavior affect the future economy and standards of living that my children have? It's, it's very interesting, and it's long, and it's elaborated. It's like, how does turning the key in my ignition fire up the engine? There are, are probably a 100 processes that happen in the blink of an eye that result in, in that engine firing up from you turning the key, which we don't have time to go through right now because you're a very, very, very busy and occupied individual. But take it from old Cappy here that if you that that your children's future, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, is highly dependent on whether or not you reward companies that advocate socialism consciously or not. These people are so stupid they don't realize. Oh, what a corporation! I've I've wrestled with that one before, but I finally figured it out. How how is it supporting this company is going to affect my children's future life negatively? 
because you're a busy individual, because I know all you, you white people out there are just so busy with your lives and your commutes and your debts and, and trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and being a genuine swipple. <clears throat> um, just take it from the old captain. Let me do the thicky for you. Stop buying Starbucks coffee. I told him, replace... I didn't go through that long of a tirade with him. I said, get Black Rifle coffee, okay? They deliver. I know you guys don't go out because you're too busy to go get coffee. Get Black Rifle coffee. It's a first step, right? Don't don't get Apple. Go with Microsoft. Go with Dell. Go with, go with any other company that isn't Apple. Stop it with Apple computers, right? If you're going to buy it, don't get Lumber 84. Don't uh, Pepsi and Coke have both... Uh, paused in the neg hole to quote Chris Beckloff and that crew over there. Stop rewarding companies that want to ruin your life, your future, and your children's life and future. Stop it. Take, Take some decision and agency. Take some responsibility. Take the time to look through the family budget and say, are we rewarding People that hate us, hate our futures, want to live off of us, parasite off of us, not like, oh, we pay them money and then they give us coffee in exchange. That's not what I'm talking about. They donate politically to people that want to enslave you. And I do mean that. They want you to spend more of your finite life paying other people. They want to infringe infringe and, and, and crimp on your freedoms. Stop giving them money and reward the free market, freedom-loving, or just the apolitical companies and businesses out there that simply provide a good service and don't virtue signal, lecture, or actively donate to what is a socialist party. That's that's all I really wanted to convey to, but I said, you know, you really ought to think about getting Black Rifle coffee instead. If you can, I know you like Starbucks. I know it's scary. I know it is. I know it is, sweetheart. But they're goddamn communists. They're goddamn communists. So change your buying behavior. And that, if, if enough swipple white people could inconvenience themselves, and Republicans, mind you, it's not just whitey, ladies and gentlemen. It is all conservatives. It is all Republicans. And I would dare say it's libertarians, so those tend to be a little bit younger. They would t- will take action. When it came to dear white people, I'm afraid to tell you the honest truth that whites, especially the younger you are, have been brainwashed to think they deserve this. And those who have not been brainwashed, those are a little bit older, are just too inconvenienced. And they're too lazy to cancel a Netflix because, well, gosh, I gotta watch my Heisenberg. Did you see Breaking Bad, Aaron? Oh my god, you would love it. We have our Games of Thronesies. I can't go without my Games of Thronesies. And, and the living dead, and the walking dead, and the sleeping dead, and the shooting dead, and the screwing dead. I We can't go without them. I don't know how many. I can't tell the difference, guys. There's so many of the walking dead and zombies. I don't know if, if you notice. It's a little bit of overkill. They got the zombie thing is coming to a close. We had, we had that nice... Ooh, remember there was zombie ammo? We get zombie, the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. And then all, you know, and here, here's, here's the observation. Maybe this is the other observation. Look at the ruling 
with the Supreme Court and all the Americans who want to invite cultures that are not conducive to ours and wish to wipe us out. It makes me take a very nihilistic, cynical, but realistic view that, that I've tried to, to work and comprehend and understand more. And it's based on my generation and, and peers and cohorts that I grew up with. And that is most of these, quote, Republicans that I grew up with in, in the conservative towns I've lived and, and people I've dealt with, even if the majority of them were white, most of them don't deserve to live. I'm being deadly. Most of them were assholes. Most of them were jerks. If, if you cannot simply stand up for yourself... As a, as a non-leftist, let's just put it that way, you cannot say, hey, I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm not going to tolerate racism. I'm not going to tolerate slavery. I'm not going to tolerate high taxes. I'm not going to tolerate socialism. If you can't do that simple thing to, to stand up for yourself and your own self-interests without parasiting off of others, Democrats do stand up for their own self-interests, uh, but it's living off of others. That's why it's parasitism. And if you look at the majority of where they dedicate their time and resources, that is their job, is to rationalize the theft of others. That is a Democrat, socialist, leftist job. But if you cannot stand for these basic self-survival principles because you're too inconvenienced, you don't have time, you have too much debt, you've been brainwashed to hate yourself, you don't deserve to live. You as a species do not deserve to survive. You know... Frog and scorpion over across the river type of thing. You d- you don't you don't deserve it. You just don't. And so what I think what's going to happen, especially with you know with uh, dear white people, is Netflix and Target and all these other corporations know that white people are their bitch. You're not going to do jack shit. You're going to threaten to boycott, but when it comes to driving that extra mile down the road to Walmart, when it comes to uh, switching to Amazon.com and not going through Netflix when it comes to buying DVDs instead of going and getting, uh, uh, you know, binging on Netflix. When it comes to switching to Black Rifle Coffee, you're not going to do it. In part, either because you're, and that's what I'd love to. I, I, I'd really love to know what goes in the mind of of a Swipple white person who still subscribes to Netflix. I know it's probably not deep or philosophical. I really doubt. I doubt it's like, well, I, I deserve that. I'm sure there's some dipshit millennial kids still living at home at the age of 30 in their mother's basement. I'm sure there is so, some people who believe it. But I, I, I doubt it's a deep, ponderous thing. I think it's just pure laziness and debt. I know that's, oh, how does debt have it? I think people are so indebted. They so have to have this, this cookie-cutter lifestyle this McMansion and the and the cars. It's sad when I see it happen to my own friends. It's sad when you see this happening in the real world. Like you could see it on the internet, you could see it in the statistics, you could see it in the data, you could see it on somebody's financial statements. But then when you view it with your own eyes, you live it with those people. It's like holy crap! I still can't believe this is happening. And it's your own friends. You think they're inoculated to it? I think I think you guys just get too busy. Jimmy has basketball practice and hockey practice and flute practice and little Amy she has ballet and gymnastics and and then we have to study and then we have to go to church and then there's the mortgage and then there's the car payments that, that by the time 
You get that 10 minutes to yourself right before you go to bed. You get that 10 minutes to yourself right before you pour yourself the shot of booze. And not to mention you guys are all working these jobs that probably are soul-crushing and soul-sucking. I'd imagine the last thing on your mind is, let's go log into Netflix and cancel. Which I'm going to be doing, by the way. I will be doing that. But the old captain would simply point out, if you... The point, I guess, is moot. I guess it's moot. I mean, if if, uh, Republicans have been pigeonholed? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's pigeonholed because they they brought this lifestyle upon themselves. You guys decided this. You had more kids than you could afford time-wise. You didn't pursue the two-prong approach. You don't have entrepreneurship. You have debts. I, I There's nothing really that I, I could say that would get you guys to dump Netflix and switch to Black Rifle Coffee. It's there's nothing I could because it's not you got really bigger pressing matters. But then I would make the argument this is this is one of the main reasons for my success is I put in the double time and I got ahead of the ball. I got ahead of the curve. If you want to have any success in life, you have got to get ahead of the curve. You have got to stay on top of your to-do list. Because if you don't get ahead of this curve, you don't stay on top of your life, it's like a debt. And it could be a financial debt, and like all, but it could also be a time debt. So your financial debt, and this is very important, pay attention to this. To you younger kids, this is, fuck the old people, they're, they're too old, they've made their choices, they've made their beds, screw them. Just, just pay attention, this is very important What observation I just had. Debt doesn't go away like the credit card debts. Maybe you have some buddies. Maybe you have some debt. It could be it could be student loans. But credit card debt, the the problem with that is it accrues interest. And even if you pay the minimum payment, the debt never goes away. The engine by which the slave master that generates more interest for you, more uh, uh, work, more tasks that you have to to pay, that entity never goes away. So if you don't get rid of your debt. It will keep generating more and more work, more and more interest that you have to pay off. It's the same thing with time. If you do not manage your life, your life is kind of like a debt. It requires a certain amount of time to manage, support, and sustain. And if you're bad at it and you waste time, it accrues, it grows larger, it's responsible, it grows larger and larger and larger. Soon you have a mortgage you could barely afford. Soon you have kids you could barely afford. I'm talking time. I'm talking time. You you have um, it could be something as small. Oh, what was an example? I'll give you another perfect example. A buddy of mine, my pilot buddy, bought a boat. What the hell are you buying a boat for? You don't have time to manage a boat. And people, oh, boats are fun. Oh, is it? And and I was poo pooed. Oh, I oh, you're a stick in the mud. Oh, I'm like no, no, I'm not a stick in the mud. And it's not about cost. The guy can easily afford the boat. What it's about is the time that it takes to manage the boat. And you got to put it in the water. And then you have to store it. And then you have to have it cleaned. You have to, you have to, main, you have to dedicate time to the boat. And people take on all these tasks, all these time liabilities, things that take time. The large ones being school, career, commute. 
Think about that commute. Children, uh, boats, although not everyone takes a boat. Even small stuff like, okay, I'll give you another perfect example. This is a micro one, okay? Let's go back to the Scottsdale family. My buddy comes home, and if you guys remember the Monopoly game in the 80s put on by McDonald's, you guys remember that? God, those are good times. You think you think if you won a video game, you were king king of the world. That's that's how. So what the early '80s was like. Anyway, so the Monopoly game, McDonald's has brought it back a couple more times, and you know you get a Monopoly sheet, and you get Monopoly pieces, and if you get Boardwalk and Park Place, oh my God, you win a truck. So he comes back with this Monopoly board. It's it, they're doing it now at the grocery stores. And the kids freak out. Oh my gosh, Monopoly, I want to play, I want to play. And I immediately said, that's not, why did you bring that back? I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, why did you bring that back? Now what this, this, this piece of paper, this, this little sheet with Monopoly ink on it is going to suck up and, and if at minimum agitate the hell out of you and give your kids one more thing to argue about and cause more drama over. Because you know what's going to happen. Now the kids are going, Mom, 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 go get, go, get, go get some more Monopoly pieces. Oh, do you want Monopoly? Yeah, I want Monopoly. Now you got to deal with Monopoly pieces. Now are the kids going to deal with Are they going to actually take this and put it on there and they're going to organize it and they're the ones? No, they're not going to do it. So basically, you have created, I'm not joking, probably with bringing home this one Monopoly sheep an extra two hours of work between arguing at the grocery store, no, we don't need Monopoly pieces. Do you want Monopoly pieces? You're going to stand in line more. I, I certainly noticed that when I was standing in line, the gal said, do you want a Monopoly thing? I don't know. Do I? Let's talk about it some more because we're some soccer mom, trophy wife, Scottsdale ditzes. And just like, uh, I want to get my Red Bull and get the fuck out of here. No, I don't want the Monopoly board. No, I don't want the Monopoly pieces. Give me my fucking receipt but they brought it home. Now, of course, this is innocent enough. People aren't geniuses like me, of course, ladies and gentlemen. But I saw that, I'm like, that's just going to be more time that you don't have. More precious time that you don't have. And even though the larger items of time liability and financial liability are your mortgages, your children, your vehicles, the house, cleaning the house, how big the house is, extracurricular activities and a commute, the small little stuff like that. Oh, we got a puppy. Oh, oh, there's, there's one. I like that. I got a dog. There's a big one right there. I know several people who should not have dogs. I don't know. I like the dog. Well, what's the problem with having a dog? I don't know. You can't live any place you want. You have to worry about, I mean, that's the stuff I'm talking about. That little stuff adds up very quickly and then just enslaves you to your life. And, and not in a good way. Like, I'm enslaved to my life. Go to my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look at all the pictures I just posted on this hike I did to the Icebox Canyon. Oh, and, by the way, I know I mentioned the talented Mr. Lee, but I put a picture of Mr. Lee up there. Um, He, he just, I don't know, because he was in the picture and he's my best friend. But you can see a picture of him. That That's being dedicated to your life in a good way. Me doing this podcast, I enjoy it. Uh, you guys uh, tune in, blah, blah, blah. It's a good thing. It's productive. Uh, but the small piddly crap guys, that is what... And then you don't have your life. Your life is no longer your own. It's a slave to a Monopoly board piece. It's a slave to a dog. 
It's enslaved to a car that needs maintenance. It's enslaved to a summer home, to a timeshare. It's enslaved to uh, the extracurricular activities at a play that you said you want to. You want to get into theater, and you know you got to go and you got to do the play. It's a, you're enslaved to the church. Why are you going to church when you can download sermons on the internet? Still, that's a brilliant idea I had. Podcast pastor. Still, it's brilliant. No pastors want to partake in that. They they just they just, they lack the entrepreneurial vision. But look, it's it's your fault, guys. It's your fault, either through laziness or lack of self-respect, to get slapped in the face by a, a bunch of genuine racists over at at Netflix, and you're just going to keep your Netflix account because you're too lazy to cancel it. And if the if the country continues to go down the down the hole. And you have children, and I got news for you, whether you you have white or black children or Hispanic, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because if you keep voting in socialism and everybody's obsessed about race, that it, obsessing about race and being racist and, and pursuing things and complaining about privilege and institutional racism, that does not produce GDP. That does not grow the economy. That does not result in new jobs and investors coming here. Matter of fact, it scares people away. Because if I got to deal with some HR bitch talking about, we appreciate diversity, we have hiring costs, like, uh, no. No, I'm going to go down to Mexico, and I'm, that's where I'm going to set up my facility. Uh, no, I'm not going to headquarter there. I'm going to headquarter in um, Andorra or Monaco, or Liechtenstein, or Luxembourg, and uh, you guys can do whatever the hell you want. I'm, I'm going to be in Singapore, where the taxes are very favorable, and they're not going to they're, they're gonna get their dick out of my ass, and they're not going to lecture me about this whole drama, and that's precisely what it is, drama about race in the United States. Well, I'm not dealing with that. It, it can happen tomorrow, guys. You guys could all cancel your Netflix subscription. But something tells me you won't because you either have no self-respect, you're a bunch of swipples, and that you're, you're just enslaved to your life. You, you, you are the prisoner of your own prison. You are, you are chained in your own self-made chains. And you, I don't know if it's, that's what gets me. I don't know if it's that you, how, how did my friends, how did my group of friends who are presumably very intelligent, how did you guys fall for this? Especially with me warning the siren, blowing the sirens and the warning bells. Like, don't do this. Oh my God, do you see that? Oh, what, what, was it just pat old Clary on the head? Oh, 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 dumb old Clary, what does he know? Now, fast forward 10 years later, hey man, well... I wish I could be like you in Vegas and be where it's warm and go hiking and do things. Well, you could have. You fucking could have. Wasn't like I was keeping my my uh, my plans secret. Wasn't like I was keeping the Colonel's uh, secret recipe of 16 different herbs and spices away from the world. I told you, motherfuckers, what I was going to do, why you should do it too. And I said, hey, it'd be great to have you come along. It'd be great if we all had money and free time. It'd be great if we were all minimalists and we enjoyed hiking and lived on the cheap. True, true adventurers, true vagabondists. That sounds too much like a bondage, like a bondage of go-go. True, true world travelers. Huh? True, uh, live your life the way it went. And it's sad. 
It's sad. Just what a percent, high percentage, of people ended up doing the normal, what humans have done for millions of years before. You just spat out kids. You got into debt. And and I've seen them, man. I've seen them. Their eyes are drawn. The just defeated look in their eye. And then when it's like just simple things that I take for granted. I'm not. And you young boys, you young boys and girls, you pay attention, man. You pay attention to this. When it's something as simple like, wow, I haven't gone out and gotten a drink in in ages. It's like what? <laughs> what? I have to curb my drinking, okay? I, you really, you really start to appreciate what you have, and it all starts, boys and girls. Let's get back to the lesson I want to tell the boys and girls. It all starts by canceling Netflix. That's true, but it all starts with making sure you do not take on more responsibilities, both in terms of financial and time commitment, than what you can afford. You minimize. I'd love to have a dog. I would love to have a dog. I'd love to have kids. I live off of other people's dogs and kids. That's why I love having nephews and nieces. Just nieces. No one's spitting out boys. It's all a bunch of girls. But they love Uncle Cappy. I can't wait to get back to see my niece. I can't wait. That's the one thing I'm kind of missing. It's kind of sad. Oh, Cappy has a heart. Yeah, shut up. I can't wait. Oh, and I'm going to spoil her, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I get to see my little niece. I have more than one niece. The problem is that the other niece is, is like four months old. It doesn't even know it exists. It's not like... But the other one, I've, she's been trained in my image. I've trained her well. She's coming up well. She will be the chosen one. Yes, yes. She will She will achieve many great things molded in my image. What we got to do? She's three now. I should get her a big wheel. Big wheels, that's that's kind of the beginning of freedom right there. Because I remember when I was, you know, you, you're you, first you roll over, then you crawl, and then you walk, and then you run. Well, that doesn't really get you too far. The big wheel, that's kind of the step then to the bike. And when I got my first 10-speed bike, then that was true freedom. At 13, I could bike all over. We don't have the gas. We don't want to put the miles on the car. Finally figured out they had leased the car. That's why they couldn't put the miles on it. <laughs> we got this nice... Everyone there, well, didn't you have a nice car? Do you live in a nice house? Yeah, for a time when I was younger, we did live in a very nice house, and we did have a nice car, and that's about it. That was about it, because we had to keep up with the Joneses. I didn't understand this concept because I was younger. But looking back at it now, it's like, oh, that's what we were doing. This this fake rich bullshit. This oh, let's act like we are, and you can never act like you're rich without the real money. That's that was that was why. So I, I finally realized oh, we leased these vehicles. That's dumb. Uh, and then we mortgage ourselves a hill to get this nice house. It was a nice house out in the burbs. Honest truth though, I prefer living in the crappy apartment building. Uh, back when I was what seven, I had so much fun when I was seven. All right, anyway, uh, what else we got? I reckon we should do some sponsors, otherwise the Cappy, or the Cappy Cap, the Clary Podcast is not made possible by any of these guys. Uh, there's all my books. I'm my own sponsor. That's that's who, that's how good I am. I am my own sponsor. We got all my books. If you like the Clary Podcast, you would also might like some of my books. And if you don't like reading, that's all right. Neither do I. That's why I put all my major flagship ones into audiobook 
format. So we have Enjoyed the Decline. Uh, that has a new cover, but also is available in audio. We have The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That's for black men who simply demand better. And uh, that is, uh, that's the one peace offering or olive branch, even though I've never been at war. I don't think really we've ever been at war because uh, I don't think men really get, it's kind of like, nah, we, we got, that's where the Republicans could serve. Look, guys, you want to make sure the Democrats never get elected again. Go after minority men. They're sick of the leftist feminist bullshit that has destroyed their families. And they would appreciate just a straight shooting, straight talking guy. Maybe they don't know who their dads are. Maybe their dads were absentee. Maybe mommy took them away from their dads and replaced them with the government check. But they will appreciate an older brother. So anyway, if uh, any of you guys out there who happen to be of the black persuasion want to read that book, it is available to you in audio, in, or not audio, Kindle and paperback. We don't want you getting in trouble. If people actually hear what you're reading, then, then the crabs in the bucket come kick your asses down. Uh, we have Bachelor Pad Economics, the uh, personal financial advice Bible for men. Uh, that is a must-read for every young man out there. Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. Anybody who's going to go to college, whether you're young or old, please spend the $12 or whatever pittance it is. Spend the money you'd spend on two beers horking down wings over Buffalo Wild Wings watching the Dallas Cowboys. Football. Other man's jersey. I'm a loser. So before you drop $12 on your you know, beers, your light beers over at Buffalo Wild Wings, why don't you, uh, why don't you go get uh, uh, worthless and uh, make sure you don't major in stupid stuff. We have Curse of the High IQ. That is written for my audience because my audience is just fucking smarter than the average person. And no, I'm not saying that to kiss your ass. And yes, I am bringing up and I wrote the book to point out to you people out there that you're going to run into a lot of troubles in life that you don't know the cause of. You're like, why is this happening? And then if you go and you read this book, you're like, holy shit, this is why this is happening. Now it makes sense. And it won't solve your problems, but provide you sanity. That's Curse of the High IQ. That's available to anybody who listens to this show, because if you listen to the show, you're smart enough to read that book. Uh, we have Reconnaissance Man. That is an absolute must for anybody who is lost wandering in the desert. If you do not have a game plan in life, if you are like the Jews, led by Moses to wander around the Sinai Peninsula for 40 years, even though you wonder, how could you get lost on the Sinai Peninsula for 40 years? It's surrounded mostly by water with two little pieces of land bridges to get across. One goes back to Egypt. That's bad. The other one goes to the promised land of Canaan with huge grapes and chicks with big bazooms. That's good. How Moses couldn't find that, I don't know. It's one of those questions you ask when you're just like a little seven-year-old kid in, in Nazi school. I mean, parochial school. And you ask the teacher, hey, teach, how come I'm looking at the map? I, you know, I'm only seven, but it would seem to me if we just followed the Mediterranean coast, the promised land is right there. It's only a couple. How far is it from Egypt to the promised land? Let's look this up. I'm going to look this up. I know they didn't have cars back then. Lord knows there's probably not a road going across the Sinai Peninsula. But I want to know. Let's look up Cairo, Egypt. 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 Cairo, Egypt. Let's look this up. Like how Google Maps provides you a map. In case you want to drive around Cairo, which sounds like hell. Let's pull this up here. All right. Here's Cairo. 
Okay. There's Cairo. Across from Giza. Going to get ourselves a little... Atham, stop what you're doing. Look this up. Okay, so you drive across the Suez. All right, there's the Gaza Strip. And there's uh, Israel. Oh, there are two roads. Okay, so there's Highway 40. Okay, let's say... Let's say it's Gaza, Port Said, to the Gaza Strip. That looks like 50. It's 100, 150 miles max. 150 miles. You can't find the, the, the promised land? Well, you see, Aaron, God was punishing the... Uh, shut the fuck up. You see, stupid seven-year-old, even though your seven-year-old questions can completely flummox and stump us uh, uh, scholars who've been studying uh, the Bible for all of our lives, you see, we have reasons, and they couldn't find the promised land because reasons. Oh, why don't people go to the church? Wrote an article on the blog called, If Christians Led With The Truth, They Wouldn't Have The Problems They Have Today. And, uh... That was not well received in the Christian community. <laughs> and always, as as predictable as a fat chick eating food, they immediately came in there, they missed the whole point. They missed the whole point. They immediately come in, start signing Bible passages. And it's just like, you, you, really, you really lack the ability to think, don't you? I mean, I got more respect for leftists. I, I really do, because they don't... I know they got their talking. Their their knee jerk reaction to everything is racist, sexist, homophobe, homophobe. The Christian, the brainwashed Christians' response is in Isaiah chapter four hundred twenty seven, verse forty three b. It says right here that this Bible is right and follow what we say, or you'll burn in hell. See, I have I have summarily debunked your argument because I am such a good, intelligent Christian theologian. It's like, yeah, you sure got me there, St. Paul of Detroit, wherever the hell you are. Although some Christians dig it. Anyway, let's continue on with our sponsors here. Where were we? Uh, Reconnaissance, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. So if you don't want to want, look, don't be like the Jews metaphorically wandering in the desert for 40 years because that's half your life. And we don't live as long as those Methuselahs people used to live back in those days. You don't have 40. That's like two months for those older people back then when they lived 900 years. You do not have 40 years to waste. So if you don't know where you're going, what you want to do in life, that's what Reconnaissance Man is. It is a logical, methodological uh, uh, process by which you figure out who the hell you are, where the hell you want to live, and what the hell you want to do in life. And that's worth the 12 or $15, especially if you're 14 or 15 years old. So please go get that book, paper, Kindle back, and audio book. We also have the best of books. You say, well, what the heck are the best of books? If you like reading my blog, you like reading the article, some of the best writing is in the blog, truthfully. Uh, I've put together the best of posts of my blog. Uh, you can find Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are kind of the compendiums of my best posts. So if you don't want to go sift through all the the links and the article, or the, the, you, the, the non-deep thoughtful pieces, if you just want an amalgamation of the Deep, thoughtful pieces. You can find those there online by going to uh, Amazon.com, looking for Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. I also have Captain's Quarterly, which is basically, I wanted to do kind of a a quarterly magazine 
and it's it turned out great. It turned out it's a wonderful uh, piece of literature. That's also a, a quarterly backup of all my best pieces. I just couldn't find enough models to show up on time because it, it is um, it's the best pieces. But in between each piece, there's a pinup of a very attractive model. So Cindy Moran at CindyMoran.net. She was kind enough to model those. If you like cute girls and you like economics, boom, there you go. That's how it works. Then we have other people's books, specifically uh, Adam Piggott's book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Those are available on Amazon, paperback, and Kindle. And you can also visit his blog, uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, where he has a blog, and he also has his podcast that I just listened to yesterday. Poor guy found out he's had a parasite from Africa, because all good things come from Africa and diversity, and Ebola. Uh, he's had this parasite for 17 years in his system, and he had to go through this uh, heavy antibiotic treatment. And just, look, <clears throat> tune into his podcast if you just want to hear about an interesting guy who's led an interesting life. Who who didn't lead the cookie cutter, I got the mortgage, I got the wife, I got the kids, now I'm divorced, can't see the kids, need another job, where's my pension, oh, I die alone in a trailer park. All right, if, if you're tired, you're done with that story because you've lived it or you've seen it and you want to live it a little bit. Th- Have you had ever had an African parasite? I haven't had an African parasite. I don't know what it's like. Go and read his books, but then also listen to his podcast because it's not a normal guy. He's not a normal guy. It, he's a good guy, though he's a better than average man. Uh, but you're going to be like, well, that's weird. That's interesting. That's different. So if you want something different, you want different insights, go listen to his, his podcast. You can find it at PushingRubberHill.com. Uh, PushingRubberDownhill.com. Oh, then we have uh, Chris Muir's Day by Day Cartoon. You can find that at DayByDayCartoon.com. And then if you need some audio work done, uh, go to the two audiologists that I use, JimFear138.blogspot.com and UndertowAudio. That's jimfear138.blogspot.com and undertowaudio.com. Two young gentlemen who are very good at their job. They do great audio recordings. Uh, Turnaround time is very good, and prices are affordable. So if you have any need for some kind of audio work, contact those guys there. Uh, You know what? Uh, Hang on. Oh, what do I want to do? Do I want to do this? You know what? Let's do the rest of the podcast. Let's do the rest of the sponsor. Get this done and over with. And I can finish off with one. Uh, there's an art. There's, there's so many articles and I had to pick and choose. And If I had a daily show, I would do it. But I don't have the time. Uh, Betterman. Uh, you say, oh gosh, what's what's Betterman? Why, what is that a thing? It's a robo-advisor. Let me explain very clearly why this is of benefit uh, to you guys, uh, and I will use it one of these days. <clears throat> um, if you go on my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, you'll see a banner ad for Betterment. And all that is, is it's called a robo-advisor, which means they've gotten rid of the people. You don't have a financial advisor. You don't have a broker. It's basically a program, an algorithm. You plug in some variables, and it comes up with a recommendation for uh an investment portfolio for you to prepare for retirement. So you set up an IRA account, can be Roth or traditional with them, <clears throat> just like you would any broker. You ask some questions, it makes a recommendation, and then you have this retirement plan basically calculated out for you. And they invest in various ETFs or indexes, index funds, 
And the reason they do that is because last I checked, about 85% of the professionals cannot beat the index. This means you get rid of the mutual fund managers, you get rid of the brokers, you get rid of the financial advisors, you get rid of the say, you, you basically get rid of all the people. And as you know, people are the number one cause of problems in the entire world. And when you get rid of these people, it's amazing how cheap and how much better, ergo betterment, uh, your retirement and investment planning goes. Uh, so, of course, you can lose money on this. Don't say, oh, Captain said I'm going to become a millionaire. No, the stock market can go down, as you know. It's just that, historically speaking, the index has beaten the professionals. And so, if you want to, it's basically do-it-yourself retirement. And if you're a minimalist like me, well, one, if you're a minimalist like me, you're postponing your IRA, 401k investments until all your debts are paid off because stock prices are very high. But if you have absolutely nothing better to do, you say, it's about time for me to set up an IRA. I've gotten all my finances in order. All my ducks are in order. It's time for me to get an IRA. You want to start throwing your money into that. Please go through Betterment. You have to go to my site first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on Betterment. It's just like the Amazon affiliate program. You go there. You set up an account. You make a donation. Or you make a donation. You fund it. You know, you, you fund your account. I get a commission, and I was surprised. I didn't. The only reason I stopped advertising them is because I didn't see any commission coming in, and I didn't realize that they only pay out once every six months. I'm like, oh, people are using this service. So some people in the in capital sphere have used it before. Maybe you guys would like to use it for the first time. Give it a shot. Go to my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Betterman advert- banner. Click on it. Boom. I make money. You make money. Everybody's very happy. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $100 a month. That also gets you an advertisement on the old Captain's blog. And I plug in uh, Cappy the Whore 4 uh, on my YouTube channel where we have about 30,000 subscribers. And regularly, I'd say 3,000, 3,500 viewers. A lot of people say, oh, look at how many subscribers I got. And then like less than 5% actually tune in with any regularity. I have about a 10% viewer, maybe 12%. Which is not too bad. Uh, then we have Chad Elkins. You can go visit Chad over at elkinscpa.com. It's tax season. If you need an accountant to do your taxes, or you just need a good sound financial mind to take a look at your taxes, contact Chad by visiting him at elkinscpa.com. He will uh, do your taxes, but he'll also review your tax returns, like kind of a quick look under the hood. And that's worth dropping a couple hundred bucks on because it's a good chance he might save you a couple thousand. Even if if he doesn't, then you know you are doing your taxes the best way that it can be done. And uh, and then everybody's super happy. So uh, visit Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. Um, do not visit him if you are a loser. <clears throat> do not vi- and, and by loser, I mean, did you file an extension? He does not have time for you. I, I will give you the exact same advice I gave Chad. One of the, if not the, single best thing about being self-employed is you control your clients. And since people are the number one problem in the world, I want to have good, functional, efficient people in my life. I do not deal with losers. Neither does Chad. So make sure you have your shit together. Then contact Chad Elkins at elkinscpa.com. Uh, we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. We have the blackbrigade.org. DT is back posting with regularity, so you can go to blackbrigade.org, visit him there. We have the 405media.com. That's our good friend John Grant. He has a, a podcast station with a bunch of different podcasters, so if you'd like to go 
and find yourself another podcast. In addition to Old Captains, you can visit there. We have uh, Kerry Lutz's Financial Survival Network. He, the bastard, the traitor, is going to come out and visit me in Vegas. He's like, oh, i got to go to a podcasting convention. I'm like, what? What sounds more fun, a podcasting convention or Las Vegas? Although comparing anything to Vegas is going to be hard to beat. That that is, there's very few things more fun than Vegas. Um, we have Pushy Robert downhill. I already mentioned that one. Silvio Contos, Conto Talk, C A N T O. You can find Silvio on uh, BlogTalkRadio.com. And then Saint Lycus at BlowMeUpTom.com. Not only should you tune in, but if you're an entrepreneur, contact Gary over at BlowMeUp.com. And uh, run some advertisements with Tom because that is the best bang for your advertising dollar um, I've seen in my little advertising exploits. We have assholeconsulting.com. That's me. If you want my personal advice, you want my personal opinion on something, go to assholeconsulting.com. And uh, if one of my books doesn't solve your problems or answer your questions, uh, it might be worth dropping $25 on an email, $35 on a video, or more. Uh, to find out what I think of your particular situation. So have the older brother you never had give you the swift, swift kick in the ass you desperately deserve. Go to assholeconsulting.com. We also have my affi- Amazon affiliate program. If you do any online shopping and you want to support the old captain here, but you don't really have any use or need or desire to buy any of my sponsor's products, please consider doing all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate. You can go to Captain Capitalist. Well, you can't can go. You have to go. CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com Look for the Amazon banner Click on the Amazon banner And then do your shopping That way Amazon knows you came from my site And any purchases you make during that shopping session I get a 7% commission You do not pay any more It's just Amazon paying me a commission That's all it is, you do not pay any more So if you could get into that good habit Of going to my site first Doing all your online purchases there That would mean the world to me And actually, then I could Pay off my house. Again, I did the finance. I did the numbers. Remember Christmas? All Cappy wants is for you guys to do all your Christmas shopping for the next two months, son. And then I'll have my house paid off. And I think I got a bump of like 200 which I appreciate. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> Looking at the extra $200. Like, ah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Way to go. That's... I'll have to work the rest of my days. You're not really working, Aaron. It's not a real job. You're right. It's not. It's much more fun. Exhausting just the same. I went on this hike up in the Icebox Canyon yesterday. And a uh, beautiful hike. Great hike. There's a waterfall in the desert. It's just amazing. It's just great. Just this great hike I did. And uh, boy, by the time I got back, it wasn't that long, but it was somewhat vertical. And uh, man, I slept good tonight. Or last night. Woo! I, w- I was up a little bit later. Uh, scoping out property for the GF. And then um, I didn't get back to the RV until about 3 a.m. But boy, I slept till 11.30. That was some good rest. Sun's already on the setting cycle now. I got to get out and get the sun. I can't do podcasts here anymore. I'll grab my podcast, go get some more. Maybe I'll get an espresso again. It's a good espresso joint down down the street, down from where I work out. What am I going to do today? What the hell? Everybody left. My pilot buddy left. We'll go hang out with the great Matt Boldoni. We'll talk about what it's like having nice, long, luxurious, full sets of hair. (laughs) We're the good-looking men with awesome hair fan club. Hi. Matt Boldoni here. And Aaron Clary. 
Would you like long, luxurious locks like we have? Tough shit. You don't have the genetics. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, so go buy all your stuff on Amazon.com uh, through my affiliate and make sure I can stay on line here. Uh, academiccomposition.com. Visit academiccomposition.com. Well, why would we do that, Aaron? Well, you would do that because you're a student and you're sick and tired of writing worthless liberal arts papers for your worthless liberal arts classes headed up by worthless liberal arts professors. They only exist to parasite off of you, and I am not joking in the slightest. What else would a professor do with a worthless liberal arts degree? So what you should do is what all smart corporations do, and what MBA, I, I would love it. What would be brilliant is you're there, at, you're, let's say you're majoring in business, and you take a class, and they're talking about the wisdom of outsourcing mundane tasks, and you outsource the, I bet that would take balls. That would take balls to go to your professor and say, this paper highlights the values of outsourcing and then you just basically tell right up front and admit right up front I've outsourced this paper so that I can even do the economic analysis of how much time you save not writing that stupid worthless paper anyway they will write your papers for you go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of staff writers will write your papers for you fees are very fair and reasonable <clears throat> I he's got to tell me what they are again I forgot I keep is it ten dollars a page or does he bill out at $20 a page and then he pays his employees $10 a page? I forget what it is. Uh, but take a look. Alex will tell you. Uh, they also do resumes for $100. So if you're like me and you never knew what the HR cunt wanted on your resume, uh, you just say, hey, translate HR Cantonese. Not Cantonese, Cantonese. Do you speak Mand- Mandarin or Cantonese? I speak HR Cantonese. They will translate your normal, otherwise en- you know, English resume says here's my degree here's my gpa here's my expertise and experience they'll translate that into hr Cantonese, so she can read it puppies and flowers diversity and sensitivity yay the right colored shoes you're hired because you're my bff so they'll do that for you and then also um if you're interested in working for academic composition and this is a pretty good opportunity here guys i'm not saying this is going to be your career but let's say you're a down and out younger fellow you're a millennial you graduate but you're smart enough to listen to this website uh and and you just need some kind of work something that you want to go travel with uh the work is done remotely so if you can write and you can bang out the bullshit pretty good you can make a, a livable wage sitting on a beach in thailand sitting on a beach in the Philippines. And those dollars go a lot further over in these second and third world countries than they do here. So get the hell out of your mother's basement and go lie on a beach in Cancun. I don't know, someplace. And uh, as long as you got internet access, you can work for Alex. So he has marketing positions, which are boring, and he has writing positions, which are boring. So, uh, But if you can bang out the bullshit and be on time. Again, like our good friend Chad Elkins, if you're a lazy fuck, if you're a lazy fuck and you know what, clap your hands. If you're lazy, fuck you know it, clap your hands. If you're a little, little, little man, show it, and you're a man, little, little fuck it, da 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 da. Don't work for Alex. But if uh, if you are not a lazy millennial fuck and you can be showing up on time and you can bang out pieces on time, <clears throat> contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Let me know the old captain sent you. Max at wooter.co. That's the email address you're going to want to email Max at. Max at wooter, W O O T E R.co. Uh, if you want to advertise pretty much anything now on his site, it was predominantly books, but now he wants you to advertise uh, anything you have on his site. 
at Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. You say, well, why would I do that? I don't know how he did it, but he's got 30,000 followers on this site. So it's an Ultimate Reading List. That's what it started out as. People could say, oh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in a book. What should I get for my book? Uh, what do I want to read? Ah, I'm going to go to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Well, he also sells ads on it. So if you are a, a, a author and you want to sell your book, email max at max at wooter.co. Or if you're just any kind of entrepreneur and you want to sell your wares, email max at max at wooter.co. We have Uncle Nick. We have the two books uh, by Frank Servi, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight. It is a fictional account about a fictional person called Uncle Nick, who is the epitome of all things red pill. He has zero fucks to give. He says impolite but truthful things at the dinner table during Thanksgiving. All the kids love him. All the evil, grumpy, leftist adults who are obedient, little good California swipples hate his guy. I think it takes place in California, too. He smokes, he drinks, he womanizes. Read the good book, uh, uh, Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight, the two books of the Uncle Nick biology, biology, what's what's the, the twofer? The two books about Uncle Nick. Also pick up Frank Servi's book, uh, Where Pretty Lies Perished. That is not an Uncle Nick book, but it's out there as well. And then we have my two classes, The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. If you are looking to um, increase your education, your knowledge about retirement planning, finances, and all that, I have two classes. One, Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. That's the introductory course. And the next one, The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks. They're available at hundreds of different, like, you know, Community places, libraries. Why the fuck? What? Who's? Who's? Oh, we're gonna do construction now, right in the RV park. Assholes. Anyway, so uh, search the titles of these classes if you're interested in taking them. Take them anywhere you can because they're offered online. You're, you're unless you go through an actual college, you're not gonna get credit for it. This is just adult education. Be on your best behavior. No cursing. No swearing. No politics. A lot of old people take these classes. Think of it as your grandmother and your grandfather. Uh, they basically want to know how do I save for retirement? I'd like to retire in three months, and I haven't saved anything. How do I save one point eight million dollars before I? It's like oh. so. Take the class now. If I could give you a bit of advice, take the class while it can do you some good, all right? Don't wait till you're almost retired to take this class because it's like waiting till cancer develops to stage four and then saying, maybe I ought to think about chemotherapy. It's like, it's too late. There's nothing I can do. Great question. Great, one of the most common criticisms or critiques I ever get on my book or books, not just one of them, is the, uh, this doesn't help me. It only helps younger people. That's every bit of fucking knowledge and books and wisdom and literature ever. The earlier you read it, the more good it will do you. But if you have mismanaged and fucked up your life so much that you only have a few short years or even a f- two short decades left, if you're 60... There's not much anyone can do for you. I mean, it's not like, well, here's the magic pill. Everything goes better now. No, if you mismanage the first six decades of your life in the lack of preparation for the final two, you you didn't lay down the foundation. You didn't build the house. You didn't lay down the infrastructure. There's nothing. God himself cannot save you now. So please, every young boy and girl out there, and by young, I mean under 40, Take these classes. 
And if you don't like these classes, please, for your own sake, learn about investing and retirement planning. I'm not saying you, you have to go the old traditional route of 401ks and IRAs, but tune into Dave Ramsey. Read my book, Bachelor Pad Economics, both boys and girls. And if you want to drop the money, you have the time. Take stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, and the analysis evaluation of stocks. You could search them by title, take them anywhere you want, because it's online, it doesn't matter where you take them. All right, I'm going to finish this off here. Oh, no, wait, i got to do the uh, the other um, segment. All right, final segment of the news. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? From the Wall Street Journal, public universities become prime targets for state budget cuts. About fucking time. State legislatures reduce mid-year funding and schools brace for more trims. Uh, major public universities are bracing for deep funding cuts as states scramble to cover growing budget gaps. See, it's sad that you have budget gaps and that's why you're cutting state funding. What you should be doing is cutting state funding on principle because your public schools, your state colleges and universities are not only providing worthless degrees, they're pri- providing damaging degrees that ruin young kids' lives, that ruin young men's and women's lives. And, and I'm not... I am not against cutting and eliminating the liberal arts because they're leftist camps of indoctrination. That certainly is a secondary benefit. It is to prevent you from ruining two-thirds of every generation of Americans that come out of high school now. Because two-thirds of all college majors are the liberal arts. Two-thirds of the kids go on waste at minimum four years of their lives and Lord knows how much in tuition and debt and cripple their financial futures. If you... And I wish the Republicans would wake up to this. I wish you idiot Republicans in the state legislatures and the national legislature would realize how much you could win over young people's votes. I mean, it's going to be, screw you, Dave, you're just breaking my dreams. You need to spank these little worthless pieces of millennial shit, soon to be the, uh, what's it called, the homeland generation, the millennials already gone. Gen Xers, you guys failed us there too. No one told us anything otherwise. But can we can we start with the homeland generation, this up and coming generation, and prevent them from majoring in stupid shit by simply making it so that they can't? Like, look, if you want to major in the liberal arts, fine, but you're going to pay full tuition costs, and the government is not subsidizing it, and the government is not giving you a loan for it. Why can we not do that? Because it is in their best interests. Oh, they'll hem and haw and scream bloody murder and that you're ruining their dreams. Fuck them. Right? They're too stupid. They're young. That's why they're kids. That's why millennials still live at home at 30. Right? That's why America's going down the wrong track. If we could take the time to change this major flaw, we would have at least kids who didn't cripple the next two decades of their lives. The housing market would be booming. Families would be growing. Well, maybe not having a lot of kids, but people would be much more financially stable working four years instead of pissing it away on some worthless liberal arts degree over at Amherst or Babson. And I know those are private schools, but if you could at least make it so the public universities aren't willingly ass-raping young generations and the future because we all care about the children. The children are our future. Well, stop ass-raping them and saddling them with $100,000 of student loan debt when they graduate at 23. Let's, let's just let's start there, huh? 
Let's just not fuck them over completely before they enter the real working adult world with with the handicap of $100,000 in debt. Uh, With schools like the University of Iowa and Missouri, State University among the biggest victims. Yeah, Ferguson. I wonder, anyone going to Mizzou now? Oh, that's right. White people don't remember. White people have no self-respect. They're going to go to Mizzou. Facing declining revenue, legislatures in Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa recently have reduced state appropriation for public universities and community colleges more than seven months into those states' fiscal years. Now, here's, here's where I have a complaint with this. The University of Nebraska is digesting a likely $13.3 million cut funding cut for the remainder of the current fiscal year and staring down at a proposal to slash nearly $18 million more over the next two years. Guys, this is nothing. This is not solving the problem. This is the faggy little limp-wristed Republican rhino bullshit. If, if we just keep current spending levels where they are, in 40 years the government will balance itself out. No! Trump the fuck up and cut and get rid of these evil programs that ruin people's lives. That's how simple this is. Stop for... I'm not saying eliminate liberal arts programs. That's... I mean, even offered if you want, but have those kids bear the full cost. And have them, what was it? Was it Arizona is requiring these, or some other state is requiring colleges to warn their students that these degrees do not lead to employment. That's all I'm at. But this is this, this, ooh, ooh, nip and tuck, nip and tuck, ooh, 13.3 million, ooh, 18 million over two years. Ooh, ooh, look, we're being brave. No, you're not being brave. You're growing a micro mustard seed sized testicle, and you're afraid that's going to get squashed. You, you, should, you should be ending funding and government loans, period, to the liberal arts. We want to do everything we can to protect the academic enterprise, and we want to be able to be as affordable as possible said President Hank Bounds, who oversees campuses of 51,000 students. Unfortunately, we're going to violate both of those fundamental principles. Oh, Hank! Hank Bounds, I wonder how much you make to use a liberal argument against you guys that you like to use on corporations. I wonder what Hank Bounds gets paid and whether how many assistant reserve vice deputy reserve break glass in case of emergency diversity sensitive guidance counselors you have. I wonder how much fat there is to trim at the administrative levels. Bounds said tuition increases as well as cuts to spending on technology, travel, and facilities are all on the table. Republican Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts continues to work with the university to identify budget priorities, according to his spokesman, Taylor Gage. Just as the governor is working with the legislature to balance the budget without raising taxes, he urges the university to prioritize spending restraint over increasing its tuition rates. Well, there you go. You know how you get them to get their spending restraints under control? You just cut their funding. When there's no money, they'll make do. It's amazing how adaptive humans are. It's just that government never seems to force that upon leftists. They always think, like government workers, they're entitled to a 2% raise in lifelong employment. Until they aren't. And then, well, you could see that. When those uh, Obama administrative type people, like, they, they all of a sudden lost their jobs when Obama went away. Like, and I was so flummoxed and perplexed. I'm like, how did you not know your job was coming to an end? (laughs) <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? The guy had his eight years. He's done. Oh, you're the idiots that didn't understand the Electoral College and think because reasons you're entitled to have everything go your way all the time. 
many states are facing a tough budget season as weak revenue and sluggish growth are forcing cutbacks in services across the board. Some states dependent on agriculture and natural gas production have seen their coffers shrink as commodity prices fell, while others have seen weak consumer spending hurt their tax revenues. How about you just stop offering a shitty product? Governors and lawmakers in at least another half a dozen states, including Pennsylvania and Connecticut, have proposed fiscal 2018 cuts to higher education, an easy target because shortfalls can be made up through tuition and fee increases. These kids don't have the money. Us taxpayers would not like to bankroll them. Why don't we take the... You're not solving the problem. You're, you're treating the symptom, barely, barely treating the symptom. Just make it so that there is... Look, how about governments, government universities, state universities, just get out of the liberal arts programs altogether. Let the private schools handle that. If you want to go to Middlebury or some fucked up piece of shit, rat, rape you in the ass and overcharge your parents type of school for some worthless liberal arts degree, go there. But... Can you at least be responsible with the with the state university? You want to see state universities also become better and higher ranked than your private universities? Stop offering worthless degrees. Say, nope, we're a polytechnic. We offer trades. We offer a two-year community college. We offer STEM and engineering and medicine and computer and IT certifications. Do that. You'll be doing you'll be doing the taxpayer a big favor. You'll balance the budget, and you'll be doing younger future generations a favor that the past forty years of of adults have not done, and that is telling them the fucking truth. But feelings and dreams and follow your heart, and the money will follow. <sighs> A December report by Moody's Investors Service estimated aggregate state funding for higher education would grow between 3 and 4% in the current fiscal year, but the pace is forecasted to slow to 1.5 to 2.5% in the coming fiscal year. Well, it has to because the GDP, I got, the economy is not growing by 3 or 4% a year. It's growing by 2, 2.1. They make this sound like this is some Herculean thing. Oh, we cut the budget. You cut the rate of growth. Uh, Energy-dependent states like Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Alaska are expected to be hardest hit because oil and gas prices have declined. Well, did they save up their money when times were good? Diminishing tax revenue while public college funding in Illinois, which has gone more than a year and a half without a budget, is also uncertain. Dustin Whedon, a policy specialist... (sighs) Let me reread that. Dustin Whedon, a worthless person, at the National Conference of State Legislatures! Shazam! said until state economies rebound, public colleges and universities can expect minimal growth in state funding at best or substantial cuts at worst. Many critics of high, high college, many critics of high college costs say it's time administrative bloat is brought in check. There you go. But school leaders, who are the administrative bloat, argue the state funding cuts will force them to raise prices too much because we can't go without our luxury vehicles and our fancy houses and our Bernie Sanders-like lifestyle. Scale back on course offerings and ultimately hurt students' return on investment. Oh, yeah, like you guys ever gave a fuck about students' returns on investment. Tuition already has been on the rise at state schools. According to the College Tuition Board, average published tuition and fees at four-year colleges jumped by more than 40% in the past decade, and net prices, which take into account scholarships and tax credits, increased by nearly 30%. 
State's contributions to higher education institutions fell sharply after the 2008 recession, and while they have been increasing in many states, funding levels haven't fully recovered, nor should they. In Iowa, where attendance at public universities hit a record of nearly 82,000 people students this fall, Republican Governor Terry Brandt stated or signed a deappropriation bill that cuts almost $118 million from the budget. Okay, there we go. Including at least $8 million each from the University of Iowa and Iowa State University and $2 million from the University of Northern Iowa. Ben Hames, a spokesman for the governor, said it's up to schools to determine how they'll fill the gap, whether by cutting costs, increasing tuition revenue, or both. Oh, they'll just blame Republicans. That's all they're going to do. Republicans hate children. That's why they're cutting their tuition. And you stupid, worthless, uneducated, brainwashed, indoctrinated, ignorant pieces of young millennial and upcoming homeland generation fucks are so uneducated, so stupid, and so young, you're going to believe them. You're going to believe it's just the big, bad Republicans being mean because reasons. Not going and asking why else is tuition so high. Uh, In Missouri... Governor Eric Greedens, a Republican, reduced fiscal 2017 core funding for four-year colleges by $68 million as part of a nearly $150 million in cuts announced. In mid-January last week, he proposed slashing another $116 million in general revenue funds for colleges and universities for fiscal... Look, here's another idea. If, if you're going to cut funding to them, why have the state university system? Just, honestly, just give kids scholarships. Like, he, you get a 2.0... Here's the amount of money you get. Like like school vouchers. You get a 3.0, here's the amount of money you get. You get a 4.0, here's the amount of money you get. And we don't care where you're going to school. The, the state government is out of the business of colleges and universities. You go go to wherever you want. Here's some money, by the way, but, but we don't care where you go. And again, the brainwash, idiotic, stupid... Now, this isn't just millennials or homeland generation. Everybody's here... They got rid of the schools. They hate children. That's why I see it. See how logical and simple it is? Missouri State University, 26,000 students, nearly gets 40% of its total revenue from state appropriations, is dipping into its reserve to cover a surprise 6.3 million cut or 7% of state funds for the current fiscal year. Why don't you just cut bloat? When's the last time you guys went through a reorg? I, I know. Cliff Smart, Missouri State University president, said he may shutter some research centers, rethinking staffing, and canceling an entrepreneur outreach program with the local school district. (laughs) Yeah, you universities are such experts at entrepreneurship. Academians at entrepreneurship. That's like uh, Muslims and peace. I just, oh, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. He was also seeking to trim athletics expenditures by $750,000. Way to cut into the fat there, Cliff and is anticipating rising tuitions. We've been very, very frugal. Oh, shut up. You don't even know what frugal is. We now have to cut things that are meaningful for our students and for their community. In Texas, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you guys know. They're just... This is like your wife... I'll give you a real-world example. Client comes into the bank... $100,000 revolving line of credit. Kind of think of it as a spending account without going into too much boring banking jargon. And and it's supposed to revolve, meaning it goes up and then he pays it down. It goes up and you pay it down. You're supposed to pay it down. I I don't know if it was quarterly or what. So he kept running it to the max. I can't remember his name. We're like, hey, Frank, 
We call them up. Uh, your your line of credit is maxed out. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, the wife spent some things. Why the fuck is your wife spending your, your line of credit, Frank? It's written to Frank Johnson, whatever the fuck this guy's name was. It's not Mrs. Frank Johnson or Francine Johnson. What's going on, Frank? So he'd have to come in and pay that thing down. He was rich. He could make, or I don't know if he was rich. Now I think about it, I think he just borrowed money from some other schmuck and paid us down. But sure enough, that wife would come in there, and and he and and you would see maybe these guys try. Well, dear, maybe maybe we don't need the S class. you don't And that's exactly what she said. Uh, it is like someone with the spending problem. And oof, 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 let's just nudge it a little. Oof, oof, oof. Let's, let's slow down the oil tanker a little bit. Let's, oof, let's nudge it. No, 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 no. Torpedo that oil tanker in the water, turn its carcass around, drag it back the other way. You either, you either make determined, real, effective, and substantial cuts, or don't bother at all. Because all you republic, look, all you republic, let me tell you, give you some economic, political wisdom because I'm a genius and you guys should hire me at assholeconsulting.com because I'd be way better than Dick Morris. The left is going to accuse you of every sin imaginable. And whether it is a $18 million cut spread over two years or a $180 million cut spread over two years, you're going to incur the same amount of wrath. One, because you're cutting it. Two, because you're Republicans. Three, because the Democrats and leftists in the media and the universities don't care. And four, and here's why you might as well go from the $180 million over two years instead of the 18 over two years. Millennials and college students are too fucking stupid to know the mathematical difference. They don't know. I really don't think at about the $100 million level of money or numbers in general, I don't think young people differentiate between a million, a billion, and a trillion. It's just a lot of money. 18, you could say 18 billion, 18 million. Most of these kids would not know the difference. I'm being deadly serious. Oh, they know 18 million. I'm sorry, 18 billion is more than 18 million. They might know that, but they really don't know how much. And they'll just write it off as Republicans cutting because they hate racist, sexist, homophobe. So if you're going to do it, do it. Do it all the way, man. Commit. Cut these fucking budgets off. Now, cut them to the bone. Cut them the fuck off. Cut off programs. Stop funding altogether. Privatize. And and they're going to scream and yell just as much as they were anyway. Even if you, you could give them a 2% raise, they'll bitch and whine because it's not 5. Do you Republicans, did you learn nothing from Trump's election? Nothing at all. All right, anyway, that's it. Listen, guys, uh... Go check your nuts, testicular cancer, have your girlfriend fidget with your nuts over in the shower. If she's not going to do it, you're going to have to do it for you. Easily preventable cancer. Make sure that you go ahead and fidget with your nuts. Look for hard spots. Ladies, go get those mammograms. Us men like playing with the boobies. And men, if the girl, you know, you can help the girl out, feel her boobs, see if there's some lumps or something. But you're not a professional. Ladies, go get your mammogram done, whatever they put it in that dish. I have no idea. I don't even know how women clean bras, let alone how a mammogram works. But ladies, go do that. Everybody go get screened. Guys, get the finger shoved up your ass if you're 40. Make sure you ain't got the prostate cancer. And then finally, share the old podcast. Tell friends, family, loved ones, enemies, 
people you're generally indifferent about. But share it on the Facebook, the Twitter, the podcast, the Gab. You can follow me on all those social media sites as well. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron Clary. Or is it Aaron underscore Clary? Just search me, follow me. I don't know why that helps in rankings. It just does. And I understand. I know. I know. I don't want to like... I don't want to subscribe. If you do it, it just makes more money. I, it just It's a pain in the ass. So. All right, that's all we got. We'll catch up with you kids later. Toodles.